Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Pool today. And discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or give them a call at 877-646-5347. Again, that number is 877-646-5347. Today is January 31st, 2023, and our first story, a story written by Jack Posobiec about how his old neighborhood has fallen apart due to crime, signifies the American collapse. It feels like we're in a controlled demolition. A slow motion collapse is happening all around us from cultural stagnation, economic stagnation and inflation and corrupt politicians. It feels like everything is falling apart. And we desperately need help to make America great again. In our next segment, an MSNBC host says that she's had a cold for about a month and a half that resulted in pericarditis and myocarditis sparking wild theories. I wonder if this is true. Was it a cold that gave her heart inflammation? And in our next story, Whoopi Goldberg suggests we need to see white people be beaten before we get police reform. She then said, I'm not a racist. I'm not suggesting it should. Okay, well, you kind of did saying you didn't, but you did. If you like the show, give us a good review, leave us five stars and share the show with your friends. Now, let's get into that first story. I typically talk about what I view as corruption in politics and major scandals. And there's a lot of stories about Joe Biden and Hunter Biden that are important that we'll talk about, but that also feel like another grain of sand being added to the heap that is the controlled demolition of this country. On Tim Guest IRL and on this show and others, we often talk about what feels like a controlled demolition of the United States. Donald Trump comes along and says he wants to make America great again. And this spoke to a lot of people. I think it spoke to Jack Posobiec. He wrote an article for Human Events called I'll Never Forget What They Did to the Town Where I Grew Up. And it's a very, very important piece discussing American decay that I think people need to hear. It's not a salacious story about a Democrat politician or an establishment neocon Republican supporting them or anything like that. But we will talk about the corruption that we are seeing with the Biden family, the desperate legal defense they are mounting. But when reading those stories about Biden and having talked about them quite a bit over the past several years, I started to realize that what we're seeing now is urban decay, cultural decay, political decay, everything just seems to be falling apart around us. And the question is, is it intentional or is it just the way things go that 
Hard times make strong men. Strong men make good times. Good times make weak men. Weak men make hard times. We are in the fourth turning. Is this how it has to be simply because of how humans behave? Not that it has to be that way. I mean, in terms of we have to do it. I mean, because of the way people are, because of luxury and because of a lack of understanding of where we come from, everything starts to fall apart. And then once again, you will see a country where strong people emerge from the rubble. So it may not be all bad, but it certainly feels like we are watching the slow motion controlled demolition, be it in our buildings that slowly fall apart, in our neighborhoods that crumble, our streets and infrastructure that collapse. And while all of this is happening, we can see that our elites are working illicit business dealings overseas, being protected by our law enforcement apparatus and sending hundreds of billions of dollars and more overseas to foreign countries for a variety of things, for their national defense, for their infrastructure, to nation build in Afghanistan. And at a certain point, you have to realize whether it's cultural, political or economic, it is falling apart. The cost of eggs through the roof, inflation, gas, etc. We're seeing an egg shortage, bird flu. People are struggling to buy food. Nobody seems to want to work. Maybe it was the COVID lockdowns, but I think what we're seeing, well, it predated all of this because I've talked about the cultural collapse in this country related to how we produce content. We used to have Christmas music. I mean, we do, but these songs were written in the 50s. And we still listen to the exact same songs every single time, every single Christmas. Now, we do have some new Christmas songs sometimes. But why is it that we're not getting any new culture being made? It may just be cultural stagnation. The golden age is coming to an end. We will face hardship and we will have to learn to survive. And the question I have for all of you is, which path do you choose to take? That is, do you choose someone like Donald Trump? Perhaps albeit somewhat silly to suggest, the emperor to cross the Rubicon and transform the republic into the true empire, which could lead to two centuries of prosperity in a country plagued by corruption. Do you simply then lean into the corruption and say, take what you can before the ship sinks? That's up to you. But let me read you some stories and talk to you about what I mean. And this segment will be a bit different from normally from what I normally talk about in this channel, which is like big news story thing happens, affects you. And this will be kind of, I don't know, I'm just feeling it today. There's something in the air. Something is happening to this country, something bad. Maybe Trump could be the one to fix it. I don't know. Maybe it could be DeSantis. I certainly don't think it will be Joe Biden, Kamala Harris or Gavin Newsom. But the question is, which direction do you think we need to go? So let me show you some of what I mean in terms of failed policy, in terms of failing culture, and the corruption that has rooted itself deep within our government. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com to become a member to support our work directly. As a member, you'll get access to exclusive members-only segments of the TimCast IRL podcast. You can see it right here. Click the Join Us button. And with your support, we'll do a lot of things. We're working on a physical location, a coffee shop. They're currently doing the preliminary work right now to set up construction to build the bar and the plumbing and however we're going to end up setting up the, uh, the food prep area. Well, not really food, but like coffee stuff. And the goal here, you will understand. We are trying to create physical spaces to repair the damage that is being done to this country with the loss of physical space. With the rise of the Amazons and the internet, 
storefronts are collapsing. Well, we want to make sure people have a place to actually meet each other and talk because that is the core of building real community and fixing the problems that are happening in this country. It is not easy. It is frustrating. It is hard work every single day. And if you believe in what we're doing, thank you so much for being a member. But don't but also don't forget to smash that like button, subscribe to this channel, share the show with your friends, because maybe Jack Posobiec's story will resonate with you. Jack Posobiec, who has longed for a time that has long since passed, the childhood that he grew up with. And I saw a tweet from him. And you know what? It reminded me of what it was like when I was a kid growing up on the south side of Chicago and where things have gone since then and how things have changed, sometimes for the better, with urban development and sometimes for the worse. Let's read this story from Human Events. Jack Posobiec, I'll never forget what they did to the town where I grew up. And I will stress this point once more. This is not a story that Jack has written about the bad people in government and the bad things they do. I have that story. I will read it for you. It will be a part of this because I do think it plays a role in what happened to towns like Jack's. But this is something you need to understand. This is the grassroots. This is the bottom. When we talk about nothing but top level politics, Democrats, politicians, etc., you don't actually see what happens when you support corruption or when you ignore it. But this story brings it up. Posobiec writes, Norristown, Pennsylvania is a town of 35,000 along the Schuylkill, I'm pronouncing that wrong, Jack, River, Schuylkill, Schuylkill, how do you pronounce it? About eight miles outside of Philadelphia. In 2015, Norristown was named one of the 100 most dangerous cities in the United States. The crime rate was higher than 93% of Pennsylvanian cities and towns. The town's reputation is still notorious. At the end of 2022, Norristown police held a public meeting to address continued increases in aggravated assault, arson, auto theft, burglary, murder, rape, and robbery. Growing up in a town just outside Philly, I used to know everyone on my street and play outside until the lights came on. Sounds familiar. My family lived in Norristown since we arrived from Poland. We don't live in Norristown anymore. Take a look at these pictures he posted. What his house looked like then and what it looks like now. It's kind of sad. Guess how much the homicide rate spiked on Powell Street between these two photos. Something happened. Jobs started drying up and crime started rising, even violent crime. My parents moved us out when things kept getting worse. I used to walk down Powell Street to the library once a week and get lost in the stacks of books. Sometimes I'd pull my wagon behind me to fill it up with new literary finds. After homeless people started stabbing each other there, my mom didn't want me going anymore. My Catholic school had closed down a few years before, and we transferred to another Catholic school a few miles away where it was safer. We had a great community where kids walked to school and families knew each other. That one's closed now, too. And our high school, and our high school, too. Worked at Coropolis Bakery in high school, and after high school, I uh, went to Temple in North Philly. And then I really found what crime was like, found out. But I didn't understand yet why no one did anything about it. It was like, our, it was like leaders just left all these places to die. My dad worked at the state hospital at a mental health facility, and so had my nana. I, I was always proud. They helped people who had psychiatric issues. Then one day he told us the hospital was getting defunded. I asked what would happen to the patients. He said, they're graduating them. We used to play a little league at Aki's Field right across from the hospital. They had issues with escapees before. But with this, they didn't want us being around in case former patients lingered around. And they did. Ended up being able to join the military, was fortunate enough to see the world, got to visit my family's homeland of Poland, lived in China even. 
but I never forgot what happened to the town where I grew up. They took it away. Now that I have family of my own and two little boys, the concept of community, tradition, and faith are so much more real. And there are still good places for us to go. But that doesn't mean what happened to my town didn't happen. And they all got away with it. I've never taken my boys to the streets where I grew up. So if you ever want to know, that's where I'm coming from. I saw this story. And this is what happens when corruption is, a, is allowed to, to run rampant. This is what happens when regular people say, don't ask me to stand up. Corrupt individuals will begin looting. The looting will lead to dilapidation. The system will decay. Crime will increase. And then there will be nothing to show your children. And it's something I think about. Someone mentioned to me that the idea that our lives are so dramatically different from our grandparents is a dramatically new idea for almost all of human history. It didn't used to be that way. I was watching that show. Um, what is it? Ancient Apocalypse. The guys uh, appeared on the Joe Rogan podcast talking about, you know, these pyramids. And what I learned was there were humans who spent their whole lives doing nothing but stacking bricks for almost no reason. It was a crazy thought. How did these great pyramids get built? How did the cathedrals in France, for instance, Notre Dame, it took hundreds of years. People dedicated their lives to building this thing. They did it to be a part of something. They did it because it was their culture. They did it because they were driven to do it. How could that be possible if your society was made up of looters and the corrupt who instead of wanting to build a great structure that their children could see and come back to, instead, they take what they can, they consume it, and they burn the rest of the ground. Think about your hometown neighborhood and ask yourself this. I'm curious. Is there anything left to show your children? You lived hundreds of years ago. You'd lived the same life, very similarly to your grandparents. And they'd say, you know, me and your grandmother, we made this journey here. It took us three months and we built this house. I want to show you where we used to live. And you'd walk back and it'd be very similar. There'd be people there and they'd be happy to see you because your lives were relatively the same. In fact, for many of these people, the grandparents were exactly where they were. And they said, you know, we used to, you know, to play the game out here too that you guys are playing today. Same building, updated. Same farmland, farmed again. Third generation. There are businesses that were in the family from the, the early 1800s into the early 1900s, a hundred years, three generations, four generations. What now? What does Jack Posobiec have to show his kids? Nothing. The neighborhood's gone. It was gutted and destroyed. It fell apart. This is what I see when I look at what's going on in this country now and why I think about why I left the cities as crime is expanding. We lived briefly a couple years uh, just outside of Philadelphia in New Jersey, in South Jersey, and crime started getting worse, hearing about shootouts, hearing about Black Lives Matter riots, and then the lockdowns. And we said, let's get out of the cities. And Jack has talked about essentially the same thing. And this, I think, is why he's talking about it. The sad reality, I guess, is I question whether it's possible that if Jack did go back, could he save this and try and bring it back? But maybe Despite the, the, the convictions and the willpower, one man just cannot lift a whole town by himself. And so it really comes to the point where it's crashing down. And what can you do? I want to talk to you about the political corruption, political corruption and where it leads to. But I want to show you a few things that are seemingly unrelated, but are. They're completely related. The first is Screen Rant. New Frasier reboot. Casting makes Niles' absence even worse. Oh, 
Niles is absent from the new Frasier reboot. Frasier, a spinoff of Cheers and now being rebooted. How about that? And what's this? King of the Hill revival officially a go at Hulu. Think about the movies that we watch and what's really making it uh, making it through and what our culture has become. They're remaking, rebooting the same things over and over and over again. Hey, maybe we will really uh, uh, live just like our grandparents did. Your children will grow up watching The Simpsons just like you did, only it will be a crappier version of it. A copy of a copy of a copy. Is that it? Have we no new ideas? Can we not make new superheroes? Shout out to Eric July and the Herbiverse. They're trying. But the cultural stagnation is obvious and right in front of us. And it's not just that. When Jack Posobiec talks about the decay and the dilapidation, let's talk about modern television. Ooh, here's one. Welcome to Milf Manor, the most repulsive, exploitative, sordid, hate-to-hate show of all time, where blindfolded moms rub down shirtless sons and TV finally hits rock bottom. You know why I love this? This story is, is a ripoff from 30 Rock. 30 Rock was a great show. What was it? We're going on like 14 years or longer. When was 30 Rock? 2006, 2007? And many of these shows were good that we've had in the past. And we, and we still do have some good shows. But I mean, right now, everyone's like, oh, The Last of Us. The greatest show. Ooh, this episode's so good. Are you watching The Last of Us? It's a video game. They, they made a, a video game over 10 years ago, and they're redoing the story. It's another reboot. I like the story. It's not bad. But it's just so much of what's around us is a reboot or new lowest common denominator content. Milf Island, that was the 30 Rock joke. And they were, they were making the show to mock the idea of garbage reality TV. Have you seen Slap? They're doing this thing where two people stand there and you get slapped in the face. Wow. It's basically ow my balls from idiocracy. You know, so maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm an old man going, it used to be so much better. Or maybe it really did. I saw this tweet from Carl Benjamin. Someone saying white supremacists, or they said fascists want you to believe in this fake reality. And it's like two people and there's like a milk truck going by and there's like some sheep and there's like flowers. And it's like, it was never like this. This never existed. And it's funny because I'm like, it still exists. Carl Benjamin said people never stood on the side of the road as others rode horses and a milk truck drove by. That happened. They were like, no, it's fantasy. Romanticizing childhood. No, these things existed and they exist outside of these cities, but the cities have decayed and fallen apart. And I'll tell you where, where, where we go. I'll tell you where we go. I saw this story from the College Fix. Benefactor's family demands a refund after University of Richmond removes name from law school. I'll give you the, the cliff notes. Guy donated money. They said, great, thank you. We're going to create a law school. T.C. Williams School of Law. The equivalent with interest, the amount of money given, $51 million. They decided today that because he was a slave owner, they're going to remove his name. It's cultural decay. We forget where we've come from. We tear down statues. Hey, maybe it's a controlled demolition and it's on purpose. They've been tearing down statues of the past several years. In Columbus, Ohio, they took down a statue of Columbus, taking away what represents where we come from. It's a culture revolution. But let's talk about the politics that leads the charge. From the Daily Mail. Now, I got to be honest, I, I was thinking I'll lead with this story. And then I decided not to. 
Because I, I, I talk about the corruption of the Bidens and many Democrats and establishment Republicans and how they're basically people who are on the Titanic who watched the iceberg hit and then started grabbing whatever luxury items they could silverware and fine china and jumping on the lifeboat so that no one else could stop so that they would be able to get away, save themselves and take what they can. That's what this country is becoming. The ship is sinking and they see it all around us. The cultural decay, the political decay, the economic decay and the politicians, the, the, the you know, Joe Biden, for instance, they know. And so they're like, guys, 2008, that was a big warning sign. We hit an iceberg. How much time do we have left? We don't know. OK, better extract what we can from the system and invest it else, elsewhere before it's too late. And that's really how it feels. So do I need to lead off another segment by being like, hey, you know, those corrupt guys in office that are doing bad things still corrupt. No, I need to lead and finally say this is what happens to what you love. This is what happens to what you care about when these people are allowed to grind us to dust. There is a way to upright the ship. We're, we're headed for an iceberg. Maybe we've already hit it. And you have a choice. They were so deeply offended by make America great again. I have to wonder if it's intentional. Donald Trump said, secure our borders, bring back jobs, find peace. And they said, no, you fascist. Because they're evil people who want all that is good to be destroyed. They're segregationist. They're racist. They sterilize children. And it's terrifying. I don't have all the answers. Hunter Biden has millions worth of legal debt and allies want to start a fund to hire him a team of attorneys to fend off federal investigations from Republican attacks. And they will tell you, in fact, it is the Republicans who are corrupt. Now, don't get me wrong. A lot of the established Republicans. Yeah, I'd certainly think so. But the narrative machine, it's evil stuff. And it seeks to just suck the life force from this country so that it dies. Whether intentional or otherwise, that's what's happening. And maybe it has to be turned around. Donald Trump's a weird guy, I'll tell you that. I don't know if he's the, he's the perfect guy, but he's the guy you get. I don't know if he's the right guy for 2024. Maybe it's DeSantis. But I tell you this, man, when your bet is between a corrupt family that is grinding this country to dust and Donald Trump, Donald Trump's your answer. You know why? The best numbers of our lives. Jim Cramer. Uh, he is kind of always wrong. So, But the reality is when you're talking about a fact basis, that was true in 2019. The economy under Trump was booming. People were saying they were making more money than they ever made in their lives. And then COVID happened. Everybody blamed Donald Trump for the virus. Yeah. And then Joe Biden gets elected. And now we're back to where we were. Back to where we are now. I don't know that Donald Trump is the real hero that's going to get us what we need to, to make this country better. But at least he was saying it. Joe Biden's not. Joe Biden's corrupt son is doing presumably a whole bunch of illegal things. Emails suggesting he had access to, to confidential information. How is that possible? What about Joe Biden? FBI also searched the Penn Biden Center in November after the president's lawyers found 10 classified documents. More revelations come out despite White House claims of transparency. How, did, how come we didn't know about this? The FBI raided the Penn Biden Center and we didn't know because they are corrupt. Donald Trump so much as farts. And every major newspaper reports that's what's happening. Silly. Why aren't the newspapers reporting on this? I will tell you why. It, it is actually quite simple. 
cultural decay. Newspapers, what do they do? They write what gets traffic, what sells sponsors and memberships. So the other day when uh, Jim Jordan was on with Chuck Todd on Meet the Press and was talking about the Biden classified documents, you had Chuck Todd say, well, what about Donald Trump? Well, what about Donald Trump? And he's like, Donald Trump was the president. The documents were in a locked, secured container protected by the Secret Service. Joe Biden put him in his garage, in his office, unsecure. And now we have information suggesting Hunter Biden had access to all of that. But the media doesn't care. They won't ask the questions. They won't get to the bottom of what's really going on with the corruption. They'll just say our audience pays the bills and they hate Trump. So we will take their hatred, recycle it, and then vomit it back into their mouths. That is cultural corruption. And I don't know how you solve for that. Seeing that story from Jack Posobiec kind of freaks me out. And that's why I said a while ago, get out of the cities get some chickens, maybe some goats and a cow. I don't know. Learn to be self-sufficient. I'm not saying be a prepper. Just learn to live the way we're supposed to, the way we used to. And maybe you'll be better off. Wake up every morning and do some hard work. You'll get fit. You'll be eating better. You'll be feeling better. The decay we are seeing, it is nightmarish. What will you see? Well, neighbor's kids can come over and can help tend to the chickens. Make sure they wash their hands. They play games. The kids can go ride their bikes. Maybe they'll get into some trouble. Maybe there'll be danger. But that's a part of life. Sometimes bad things happen. I mentioned I've been watching 1883. They, they, they do a scene where they talk about death. Some girl goes to take a leak and a snake bites her ass. She died from a snake bite. Now teach your kids. You don't want to experience that stuff. But it seems like ebb and flow, wax and wing. We lived hardship. Things got real good. But we maintained traditional moral values, the good ones, and got rid of the bad ones. We said, we're going we're gonna to be innocent until proven guilty. We said, you know, all that racism stuff, got to go. All that bigotry, we can't have none of that. But now we're at a point where we're coming to the other side of that hill, and downhill is next. Buildings are falling apart. Crime is skyrocketing. Neighborhoods in decay. And what really breaks my heart, it's a really easy thing to do to make yourself cry, is to go to any dilapidated neighborhood in any major city, or look at photos and just imagine exactly what Jack Posobiec showed us. Look at that house, run down and destroyed, and imagine what it must have been like when it was first built. Imagine the young, newly married couple securing that loan when the, when the price of the house was very cheap relative to their salaries, and they stood in front of it with a smile on their face, and the man said, honey, we got our house, let's do this. They went inside and they danced and it turned on the radio. Maybe I'm romanticizing. Maybe they showed up, they smiled and they said, all right, let's get to work. And they started painting and they worked together. But it's work. How is that supposed to be romanticizing? That's just what we did. Today, I look at these houses when I go to Brunswick over in Maryland and it's sad. Falling apart, storefronts gone. Where's the town square? Where's the watering hole? Where's the church? Oh, the church? It's a coffee shop now. That broke my heart. I'm not a Christian or Catholic, but to see, it's a good coffee shop. Don't get me wrong. I like those guys over in uh, Brunswick, but it is sad to see that this, this church was closed. Nobody congregated anymore. Nobody came together as a community anymore for whatever reason. And so the church said, we're out. Maybe they built a different one. Maybe there's a better one somewhere, but just to see that now they just sell coffee there. Well, 
it is still good to see that people come and they hang out there and they play music. I really do like that. It may not be a church anymore, but they still are bringing people together. So that's a good thing. But it's sad to see the buildings around it and no more town center. Drive through downtown of any of these old cities and you'll see all the storefronts are closed. It's crazy. We were in uh, Deptford in South Jersey and nearby over in Woodbury. It's like all the storefronts are basically closed. This is pre-COVID. Where are the people who walk down Main Street picking up the milk, bread and eggs and waving and saying, hey, good to see you. One thing that I think about when it comes to friendship, people talk about how when you get older, you uh, you lose friends, you stop being friends, you end up just staying at home and things like that. Why is that? Why is that? Well, some have suggested it's because you had friends when you were young because you had to have friends when you were young. You went to school. You are two people from different backgrounds, but you were in a similar place. You were placed there. You developed similar interests or your shared interests, and you started to build things in common with the people around you. Thus, they became friends. When you got older and started pursuing your vision, you stopped being forced to have something in common with someone. We both had to be here, and we are both here. So let's be here. You shared interests. As you get older, you're no longer in those forced positions. You may find that you're hanging out with people from work. Not as much. You don't care for people as work as much. You have a family to take care of. And that's what I think about. When we lost the city center, when we no longer had our local neighborhoods, we no longer had anything in common with the people around us, and we are driven to the internet, where we find weird communities, and then outside, everything seems to fall apart. What it seems like is, with all of this corruption, we are inching towards living in the pod, owning nothing, and being happy, or whatever happy is when they define it. Perhaps you'll be in the pod, you'll be eating the bugs, and you'll be plugged into a virtual world where you're a king. Perhaps you're in the pod already, living in a pre-pod world because you know what really made you happy? The freedom and luxury that came with life before you were in the pod. Maybe they said, you don't need to own anything. Go in the pod, enter VR world, we'll transport you back 20 years, and you will own everything. And you'll be happy. Because in the real world, you own nothing. Hey, But playing that game makes you happy, doesn't it? That's the scary reality of where this is all headed. So every day when I'm doing these stories and I'm looking at my like, um, you know, content library and I've got more Biden corruption, the Pelosi attack video, Elon and the censorship, Democrats and committees, the doomsday clock, vaccines, more leaked emails and Biden is is amazing. There's so many of these stories. And then at a certain point, I just thought, so what? Do I come out here every day and just say, hey, you know that thing that's going on? Still going on. You know, Hunter Biden's corrupt. Well, there's more of that. I don't care. I do. I do care. I'm just like, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, I'm not going to make another video being like, it's like being on a deserted island. Day 378. Hunter Biden's still corrupt. I thought about where this all leads, why it's happening. And these ideas that I've talked about before. And then I saw that piece from Jack Posobiec and I'm like, that's it. Pizza Hut nationalism. The idea that when he was a kid, you had book it. Your school said, if you read the book, you get the little thing. And that's a little free personal pizza and donut. I remember I went and got my little personal pizza for free. And then I got a free donut. That was cool. And I'm from this, I'm from this uh, neighborhood that was not, there was no strong community. We had, we, we had our church community and things like that. But you still had stuff like that. I think the reality is a component 
of how we see the past is a remnant, is a remnant, uh, uh, no, uh, revenant. Sorry, that's the right word. It's a specter. We are protected by our parents. They showed us the good things. We enjoy these experiences. We can still do that for the next generation, but we have to make sure that we weed out this corruption. Corruption's always existed, but it really does feel now that it's worse than it's ever been. And I've asked people, I have asked them, older folks than I, is it, is it worse now? And they say, I've never seen it this bad before. And that worries me. That makes me feel like we really are watching American decay, a controlled demolition. That's what this country faces. It's got to change. I mean, something has to change. Otherwise, what happens? One day your kids will wake up. It's like I'm watching the show The Last of Us. And uh, Ellie finds a book, a billboard hits from the 80s, and she's like reading it. And she didn't even know what it is. She was born years after the civilization already collapsed. That's a sad thought. I want you to imagine this. Two things. Telling a 15-year-old kid, let's say you're 50 years old, you're 55. I'm saying, let's say it's 15 years from now. And you meet a 12-year-old kid. And you have to explain to them, you know, we used to be able to go to a store and they would have pizza already made. And you could take it out, bring it home, just put it in the oven, pizza done, ready to go. You could actually take, it was called a phone, cell phone. And you would dial a number and someone would be like, we can make you that pizza. Now look, I'm not literally saying that we will face the apocalypse in three years or something like that. I'm saying that what you take for granted today may not be around tomorrow. And we don't know what that is. You may be telling that kid, you know, we used to be able to go outside. Then the government locked us down. That's a more realistic approach. Telling that 13-year-old kid, say, yeah, yeah, you know, we had, there was a pandemic. And then um, the government told everyone they couldn't leave their house. And then afterwards, they said, you know, the climate change thing is really bad. So then they made everyone stay in their house. And, you know, used to be able to go outside and actually, like, smell flowers. And not anymore. Not anymore. The corrupt government officials will break into your house. They'll beat you. They'll take your stuff. And they'll make up criminal charges and disappear you if you say anything. That's the place we don't want to go. The other sad reality is you may just be like Jack Posobiec and never take your kids to where you grew up. And that's a sad thought that you can't say, here's my house. That's crazy. You know, I've driven past my old neighborhood a couple times. And if if slash when I have kids, or I should say when, because that is the plan. You know, I'll bring them. I'll, I'll, I'll bring them over. But with crime skyrocketing, especially in places like Chicago, it is a scary thought. Do you want to bring them to a place like that? Now, typically, I think the neighborhood I was in actually isn't so bad, and I think it's generally improved. So it's not the same story as Jack's. But I think we see a lot of this. And I also want to mention that some of what Jack's story is may very well be just the process of gentrification and mig- uh, urban migration. Those things happen too. But based on what I'm seeing across the board and what people are telling me, it really, really does feel like the corruption is getting worse. The country is being gutted. The economy is in shambles. And our culture is stagnating. And the, re- and the result of this is going to be fragmentation and hardship. But I don't know. I'm not a psychic. I can only point out some sad stories and hope that people vote to make America great again. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 6 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastnews. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. MSNBC is mostly fake news. I say mostly because there's some factual reporting buried in there. But as our good friends over at NewsGuard say, 57 out of 100. The website of the left-leaning cable news network, MSNBC, 
The site often publishes false and misleading claims in videos and transcripts and does not disclose liberal perspective. Hmm. Well, that's sad. You know, Timcast.com is rated uh, 82 out of 100 by NewsGuard. And the only reason they dinged us 18 points, by the way, like a fifth, is because we quoted Donald Trump in a fact-based news article. Yeah, you know, apparently they just want to smear people's names and uh, it is what it is. But at the very least, I can say, oh, but we're rated higher than MSNBC. Well, here's some of the news that's going around this morning. Myocarditis is trending as a viral clip from MSNBC is starting to make the rounds. It was posted a couple days ago where Yasmin Vesuvian, an MSNBC host, says, sorry that I've been out for so long. Apparently it's been a month. She says, I've developed pericarditis and myocarditis. And lo and behold, it was from the common cold. Okay. Well, of course, people are certainly having their reactions to this video. People on the right are saying that it was the vaccine that caused it. You know, if the doctor told her it was the, it was a cold that caused it, I got to be honest, I checked into this and I went to the Wayback Machine, checked the archives, and it has long been known, at least from what I could find on the internet, I'm, I don't know, I'm not a doctor, that uh, you can get myocarditis from a cold. So considering that, we also know that uh, myocarditis can be caused literally by COVID. And then, of course, the CDC actually warns on their website, myocarditis and pericarditis after receipt of mRNA COVID-19 vaccines among adolescents and young adults, saying, typically, among the people they've seen who've developed myocarditis and pericarditis from the vaccine, it's adolescent young men. But of course, uh, there's people who, who just don't believe that Yasmin Vesuvian's myocarditis and pericarditis was caused by anything other than the vaccine. I'm not here to tell you what it is. And as I always say, don't get medical advice from me. Make sure you have a doctor you know and trust. But let's break down why people are talking about it. Here's what I said. Somewhat somewhat, uh, uh, jokingly, but not entirely, I said, what? This has to be anti-vax propaganda. She gets two extremely rare side effects the vaccine can cause and then says, oop, just a cold. And then goes on MSNBC knowing it's going to fuel anti-vax conspiracy theories. Yasmin anti-vaxxer confirmed. Here's my point. Why did MSNBC do a 10-minute segment, 9-minute, talking with a doctor, explaining all of this? They have to know it will result in people blaming the vaccine. Let me play for you some of what she says, because I do think it's very, very interesting. All right. Welcome back, everybody. I know from my Twitter feed uh, that many of you have wondered why I have been off the air for a little while. Well, I have been dealing with a little bit of a health scare. On December 20th, I began to feel chest pains and they waxed and waned over a period of 10 days. I wasn't quite sure uh, what to make of it, but as they continued to get worse, I started to think something was actually wrong. Um, It was December 30th when I finally went to an urgent care and was told I had reflux. I didn't really buy it, but I was relieved it wasn't my heart. Uh, my body, though, was pretty certain uh, not to believe uh, the reflux. The next- I want to pause real quick and just say, uh, here's a question. Why does it seem like she's lying? You know what I mean? Like, it seems like someone wrote a script and she's reading it. I mean, probably that's what she's doing, but it's just so weird. Why can't these people turn the camera on and just tell a story? Uh, the other day, this past weekend, we went down to the casino. We were playing Texas Hold'em, and it was a whole lot of fun. There was a guy there. Guy brought a dog, and then he, he went, 
you know, all in with a hundred bucks and he didn't even look at his cards. Like, why can't you just tell a story? It actually happened, by the way. It was a lot of fun. I, I love, I love these games. Um, not that I'm very good, but why can't you just tell a story and be honest? But I want to point something out, right? So you can understand the context as we watch more of this video. She said, December 20th, I felt chest pains. So this means what? Did you get a cold three days prior? What's the incubation period for a cold before you start feeling symptoms? So especially something like myocarditis. So December 20th, you're getting heart pains, chest pains. They said it was reflux. She says, I don't buy it. You got a cold a month and a half ago. You still have that cold? Is that what you're saying? Well, let's play. Let's play. Let's ask these questions. Next day on December 30th, I woke up with severe pains, both in my chest and in my left shoulder. And it was like a tightening in my chest when I took deep breaths. That got worse when I was laying flat. I knew enough at that moment to understand that it could mean could is the key word here, that I was having a heart attack, especially because it was happening in the left part of my shoulder. I want to remind you, I run seven miles three to four times a week, or I did. Um, I do yoga. I don't eat meat. I don't smoke. I drink occasionally. Not right now, though, because my doctor tells me I can't. Aside from probably not getting enough sleep and working too much, I'm a pretty healthy person. But on that day, I was anything but. Let me just point out, though, shout out to our friend Luke Rudkowski. She eating those seed oils? You know, those seed oils, oh, I hear those will get you. My husband drove me to the emergency room, and from there, the nightmare that has been my January began. I was diagnosed with pericarditis, inflammation of the lining of my heart, brought on by a virus, a literal common cold. I also had fluid around my heart that had to be drained or else it could hinder the beating of my heart. I was hospitalized for four nights and transferred from a local hospital to NYU Langone here in New York City. Now, look, I'm not a doctor, so I don't know. Perhaps if you get a cold, you know, I I don't know about you guys, but when I get a cold, it lasts about three days. The way it goes for me is I'll start to feel like I may be getting sick. Then the next day I'm sick. Then the next day I feel like I was sick. And the next day I'm just mostly better and don't really notice. That's just me. Uh, the, the, I guess the sickest I've been in a while was COVID back in, uh, this is 2021, I think it was, was it? End of 2021. And then uh, last week I lost my voice. A lot of people uh, got sick. I mean, we, we, we've been hearing a lot of people are getting a cough and getting sick. Maybe it's, you know, COVID or something going around. Could just be a cold. These things happen. Uh, I never ended up feeling really sick. I just lost my voice for a few days, which is really, really annoying. And it may be completely unrelated, but uh, that actually lasted a while. It did. It, it, it was like a week. That was, that was frustrating. Well, it was like five days or six days. So uh, my question is, like, I, don't, I don't know how long myocarditis and pericarditis can last from a, from a cold. I just, it sounds weird to me that she got a cold on December 20th and it's January 28th. They're publishing this video saying she still is suffering from this. Let's, let's play more. On January 4th, I was finally discharged after doctors drained the fluid around my heart and I bounced out of the hospital. I couldn't get out of there fast enough with the hopes I was on the mend. But that was not the end. Three days later, I was readmitted when I felt a flutter in my heart, like a butterfly. It was inside my chest. They determined I had developed myocarditis, inflammation of the actual heart now. So you, hold on, hold on. They treat your pericarditis, they drain the fluid, you leave. And then later, you still have the cold? Like, come on. Okay, hold on. Maybe there's something about this not eating meat. I eat tons of meat, okay? I joke that I'm a carnitarian. I don't eat vegetables because whenever we go out to eat and I order food, it's like I eat all the meat and the vegetables remain. And that's actually kind of a problem. Probably need to eat more vegetables. But uh, hold on. 
How did you get myocarditis uh, three weeks after getting a cold? I mean, I mean, seriously, I'm not a doctor. I don't know. I don't know. Is that possible? I'm gonna, here's what I got to do. I got to call a medical expert, maybe Joe Rogan, and ask him, can you, can you have a cold for three weeks that causes this? And I'm not being facetious well, about calling Joe Rogan. I'm not literally going to call Joe. But uh, I am genuinely curious to, to know, would a cold persist for this long and trigger a, another heart uh, 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 condition? I remember being shepherded through the emergency room and wondering, is this it? It wasn't, thank God. Instead, I spent five more days in the hospital where they ran a battery of tests, adjusted my meds, and made sure nothing else was fueling what was happening. And in fact, in the end, it was still just the cold that was doing all of this, that had caused all of this inflammation in and around my heart. Since then, this thing has continued. Okay, my question is this. I've never heard a story like this. I'm sorry. Um... Yasmin Vesuvian, how old is she? Is she late, late 30s or something? I don't know how old she is. I've, I, maybe it's just me, but I'm not familiar with stories of people having a common cold for a month. Maybe it was COVID because we did hear from Joe Scarborough. He said he was sick for a month with COVID. And uh, Micah Brzezinski said, no, it was three months. And that makes more sense to me. Crazy, insane novel coronavirus with mutations or whatever's going on. I mean, like natural evolution stuff, not, you know, gain of function. But uh, it, 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 there's a bunch of new variants and maybe this one lingers and maybe that's what she had, but they're telling her it's the cold. Maybe, maybe the vaccine caused it. CDC says it's mostly in young men, myocarditis and pericarditis after mRNA COVID-19 vaccines among adolescents and young adults. So I don't know. She's not an adolescent or a young adult. She's not a dude. I have no idea. Continued to wax and wane. And the hope is I'm on the mend and on the other side now, but we'll be on medication for some time to come. It's not the most fun, but alas, I am getting older and I need to admit that. One man who has helped me through all of it and shepherded me through my ups and downs and my emotions and my families as well is my cardiologist, Dr. Greg Katz. And he joins me now um, because supposedly uh, this happens and it seems to be happening a lot these days. Okay, well, here's the truth. I pulled up in the Wayback Machine, January 28th, 2019. Have we talked about a common cold causing myocarditis or pericarditis in the past before all of this stuff started to happen? Because a lot of people will be like, you know, the, the, the conspiracy is, I shouldn't say the conspiracy, but the theory is that they started updating the website saying, yeah, yeah, a cold can cause this because they're trying to cover something up. No, 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 I don't play those games. I pulled something up pre-January 2019, so very much pre-COVID, a year, and uh, myocarditis causes, many viruses are commonly associated with myocarditis, including the viruses that cause the common cold, adenovirus, hep B and C, parvovirus, which causes a mild rash, usually in children, and herpes, gastrointestinal infections, mononucleosis, German measles, can also cause myocarditis, it's also more common in people with HIV, the virus that causes AIDS. Bacteria can cause it. Parasites can cause it. Fungi can cause it. So look, they told her it was a cold that caused it. My question is, how long does that last? You know, I don't know if they, they, they say this. You get chest pain, abnormal uh, heart rhythms. How, if, if, if this is the thing, if, it, if a cold causes this, how long are you going to have it for? Because she gets pericarditis, she gets treated, then later she gets myocarditis, and I'm just questioning, like, is the virus still there? She still has a—why—maybe she's immunocompromised. 
And that's a fair point. Maybe she's just not disclosing that she's immunocompromised for some reason. Perhaps she's on other medications. Well, she says she doesn't eat meat, she exercises and yoga, and she was relatively healthy. So she's, I mean, outright telling us she's not HIV positive or anything or on other, any other immunosuppressants. Uh, maybe she has um, multiple sclerosis, so they're giving her immunosuppressants or something, but she's saying she didn't. I don't know. I don't know, man. I'm not a doctor. I can't tell you. What I can tell you is there's no way, no way they didn't know this would lead to anti-vax conspiracy theories. I do not believe that when she's returning to work and they're like, let's talk about how you're suffering myocarditis and pericarditis, for which there is there are tons of theories and articles and people claiming is caused by the vaccine. And I mean, look, the CDC says to a certain degree, a rare side effect does exist. And then let's do a full segment with a cardiologist and say, you just have a cold for a month and a half. And they didn't, you mean, no, okay, no way. They know what they're doing with this segment. And I think they're doing it on purpose. I really do. You know, here's what the media does. They write articles and then eventually they see one of them get a lot of traffic and say, write that article again. Do you think MSNBC is not aware of how much traffic and attention they're going to get from doing this story? You are going to get a reaction from the right, and you are, and that's why it's trending. And that's why I'm talking about it, because I'm seeing prominent Republican personalities saying like, hey, look at this. She got the vaccine, blah, blah, blah. Then the left will respond and they'll say, oh, colds have always caused this. It's on WebMD in the archive. I mean, even Tim Pool was saying this. The real thing I'm complaining about because I am not a doctor and I hope this information benefits you in some way, you can look into it. What I'm complaining about is MSNBC knows they are just fueling controversy by coming out and saying, I've had a cold for a month and a half. They know. And maybe it's true. She does. I don't know. I'm just saying, you know where this is going. You know where it's going. It's frustrating, man. But we'll give an honorable mention to uh, our good friends, over at Pfizer, who denied that they're mutating the COVID virus. This is Cornwall Live News Guard certified. I think, what is it? 100 out of 100. Oh, very good writing, Cornwall Live. A little Ukrainian heart up top. But uh, the Weather Channel has something else to say. Pfizer admits to engineering new COVID mutations. Here's why they're doing it. Okay, the Weather Channel India and IBM, uh, IBM Business, the Times of India. You see, here's the funny thing. NewsGuard certifies the Weather Channel as 95 out of 100, and the Weather Channel runs stories like this, saying outright. Now, they're making a decent argument for why they do. They're not saying they do gain of function. They're not saying they're intentionally evolving the virus. Someone super chatted us this on Timcast IRL last night because we were talking about it. They said what they do is they put the virus in a Petri dish with the antiviral and then watch it do its thing until eventually it struggles, uh, the antiviral stops working, and then say, okay, at a certain point, it will become, you know, immune to this or whatever. I am no psychic. I do not, I do not know um, the future. I can only tell you that the media manipulates you. They lie, cheat, and steal. And I feel that this segment was intended to invoke controversy because you're going to get people who are Democrats or on the left or otherwise who are just going to be like, it, this is totally normal. Totally normal. I was, uh, I mentioned I was at the casino, right? 
and I'm playing uh, Hold'em. Uh, actually, for as bad as I am, uh, actually not that bad. You know, I was, I, I was making money uh, uh, just enough. And that's all that really matters, I guess, if you're like your chips are going up. But uh, they're talking, they're, they're watching football the other day. And I asked the, the, the guys, because it's a bunch of random people I don't know. What do you think about that DeMar Hamlin thing? That, uh, you know, he's like, shows up the game. And then immediately one guy just like, it's the weirdest thing ever. Immediately is like, that's stupid. That's nothing. That never happened. And I was like, what? Like, calm down. Like, I, I was like, I'm just asking, you know, like people were saying like, he shows up, he's got a mask and glasses on and a hood and you can't see his face. That was him. That was him. And I'm like, why are you so hell bent on just saying that was him instead of just being like, oh yeah, that's it's weird, huh? That's the weirdest thing to me. Like there is a fervent defense of the machine. They have to be telling the truth no matter what. Nothing is questionable. Nothing. It's just, I was like, he's like, where are you getting your news from? I was like, it's on TMZ. Oh, they're reputable. I'm like, dude, celebrity gossip site said it was weird that a guy showed up with mask glasses and a hoodie on and you couldn't see it was him. And they filmed him inside. Like, I don't, I, I don't, I think it's a funny story. No, that was him. That was him. And I'm like, you don't have any ounce of skepticism. You don't have, there's not a single morsel of uh, uh, questioning the corporate press or the P like, man, these people are exactly why marketing works. You go to them and say, I'm trustworthy salesperson. My drink is delicious. That's a fact. And they're like, wow, it is. And they drink it and go, it tastes terrible to me, but he said it was delicious. It's amazing. I think this, this, this segment from MSNBC is intended to manipulate and generate controversy. I do. Especially with everything going on with Veritas, with Pfizer. They want the clicks, baby. They want the clicks and they know they're going to get it. And that, to me, I, that, that's, that's one of the biggest problems we face with media. Now, of course, the other reality is, you know, maybe they're trying to cover something up. That's the other theory. The reason they're doing this segment, and I think this is too much for me, but there are people who, who, who think they do a segment like this so that anyone who's suffering from pericarditis or myocarditis, potentially from the vaccine, will be told, you know, it's just the common cold that does it. And they're like, wow, my heart problems and the medication I've got to take for the next month are just because I got a cold that lasts for two months or whatever. I don't know, man. Look, I'm a doctor. I'm a guy who called Joe Rogan for medical advice. Don't take medical advice from me because I'm getting it from Joe Rogan. I'm always dragging Joe into these things. Sorry, Joe. But it's funny. It's a funny idea that like I get sick and then I'm like, comedian, help me. And, you know, that, that's the joke. All right. Calm down. Media matters. You're freaking out. But a lot of people think that this will, I guess, I guess uh, um, you know, soothe people who may be suffering from things like this. Because the interesting thing is we, we, we've heard a lot of this. There was a, a Vosh, the leftist, apparently had a segment a while ago where he talked about how he was having chest pains and it was it was really difficult for him to work. I don't know if he still is, but it's like it's a potential side effect in young men. It's, it's, it's possible. I mean, he's not an adolescent. He is an adult human male, but he's still relatively young. I'm not going to I'm not going to give you any medical answers, my friend. The only, the only my friends, the only thing I can see is my perspective is based on how the media lies, cheats and steals to gain power, to make money. And that's what I think they're doing right now. 
I don't think it's a grand conspiracy. I don't think Pfizer went to them and say, do this. I think they said, ooh, this one's going to generate controversy and get all the internet talking about it. And the right's going to get mad and the left's going to get mad. And then everyone's going to reference us and we're going to get traffic. We're going to sell ads and we're going to make money. Or to hammer, everything looks like a nail. And to me, having worked in media and having media criticism be one of the principal motivators for me, it could just be that my perspective is based on how the media lies, cheats, and steals to manipulate all of you. And in reality, it may be based entirely on something else. So you know what? Maybe the conspiracy theorists are right. Or not. I don't know. Maybe. The only thing I'd say is this. Um, I hope the information benefits you in some way and you can dig into it, apply it to what you know, talk to your trusted medical professional about your medical uh, issues, and maybe get some better answers and understand these things better. In the meantime, I can just tell you about my criticisms and that I think the media is full of it. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. There's like one reason I like Whoopi Goldberg, and it's because she was Guinan on Star Trek The Next Generation, which is like one of the best shows ever made. But uh, she's kind of an ignorant, awful person. And, and look, I, I hate to say awful, but when you have a loud voice, and I know many people will point the finger at me, and you say things without doing research and ignorance that make things worse, well, it's kind of awful. Now, I suppose I'll put it this way. Everybody can cast stones, so fine, fair point, which is why I'm like, maybe I, I shouldn't really say that, because how many people are going to be like, Tim, you talk about this and you didn't read properly? I will put it this way. My view is I seek out context and information to the best of my ability to understand something, and I don't always get it right. Whoopi Goldberg doesn't. She doesn't. She does no research, just like so many of these prominent personalities. Then they go out and they're like, I saw a video. Now I'm angry. The story, of course, Whoopi Goldberg asks if, quote, we need to see white people get beat up to see if uh, we get change, you know, ending police brutality or whatever. Excuse me while I pick a hair off the microphone. Now, she said, I'm not suggesting that. So don't write us and tell me that I'm a race. What a racist I am. She quickly added. You know, the issue is. If you ever if you ever bothered to pay attention to this stuff, and this is why I say it's it, she's awful. You know, there are tons of video of white people being beaten by police. I've personally witnessed cops tr mistreating everybody of all races. But Whoopi Goldberg lives in her wealthy Manhattan bubble. She works in the ABC, build, uh, ABC uh, news building, and this is up by Central Park. And I used to see her in the elevator when I worked there. And I'd be like, oh boy, Guinan from Star Trek The Next Generation. I'm such a big fan. Love that show. Uh, I never said anything to her, just, you know, hello, and, you know, howdy, and just walking out. I tend to mind my own business. I'm not going to bother Opie Goldberg, just because I like a TV show. But here's the issue, man. We're dealing with some very serious questions about police brutality. You had five black cops mercilessly beat a man. We don't know why exactly, Tyree Nichols. We know that there was a traffic stop. He resisted arrest. He fought, then fled. Then they get him on the ground, pepper spray. I'm not sure if they tased him. And then they get him up and just start wailing on him. Some people have asked an interesting question. Why were five members of an elite task force on traffic duty? Something else is going on here. And then they're not telling us what. And uh, I'm not surprised. But of course, Whoopi Goldberg's comments are coming from a place of ignorance. And it's something that I want to uh, talk about as it pertains to liberals. You know, look, guys, honestly, 
I actually considered just calling it a day. It's a very, very slow news day. I saw this story and I said, I am not talking about the same thing over and over again. These ignorant, liberal, default liberal pundits who don't care, who don't know, but get, get into these seats on shows like The View and tell everybody, here's what happened when they're wrong. I can tell you when I don't know something, and I'll tell you that I looked and tried to look something up and some things I miss. It happens. But come on, man. There are tons of video videos of white people being beaten by cops. You don't even need to ask the question. You can assume it's true. How much you want to bet there's videos of people of all races being beaten by cops, Asians, Latinos, whatever. I bet it's easy to find. The question is, when we watch those videos, are they actually indicative of a pattern or is it just outrage bait? Do we see a video of Tyree Nichols and then get angry? Or is it a larger systemic problem? We need to look through the data and figure it out. And the problem is they say, oh, well, look, you know, Ben and Jerry's comes out with their stupid tweet. This is a few years ago. And they said something like they said African-Americans make up 13 percent of the population, but are more than 50 percent of those incarcerated or whatever. And I'm like, it's really funny that you that, that, that Ben and Jerry's claim to be woke posts a meme associated with racists. I'm not saying, you know, I'm just I don't think anybody, everybody who's trying to point out FBI crime statistics is being racist. I'm saying the association Ben and Jerry's that they apparently weren't aware of is something they themselves criticize. My point is such is this. These people don't know what they're talking about, and it makes everything worse. And I'll give a quick shout out to our, uh, our good friends, the Krasensteins. Um, I appreciate them coming on the show. But this is what grinds my gears, and this is what leads me to do a segment like this and talk about Whoopi Goldberg and how they're writing like, this time it's different. The Krasenstein brothers, prominent liberals, write, teach your kids how to think, not what to think, and they will grow up immune to the likes of Fox News teaching them what to think as well. Critical thinking is critically endangered, and without it, we become critically inept and susceptible to an environment similar to Germany circa 1939. Matt Adams responds, that's what universities do. That's why Republicans hate universities. Oh, gee, oh, golly, that's why Republicans hate universities. He says, yep, critical thinking skills are certainly something that that are amplified in college courses. Well, bro, I appreciate you coming on the show. But look, remove the Fox News thing from, you know, this and say, teach your kids how to think, not what to think. And they'll grow up immune to, let's just say, fake news. Let's say not, not, not not Fox News. Teaching them how to think will help as well. The reason I bring up the Krasensteins is that, guys, when you came on the show and I started talking about the Cutter Turkey Pipeline, which I rant about all the time, not literally all the time, but people are often like, did Tim Pool mention he's from the south side of Chicago again? It's like, hey, hey, I've said that maybe like seven times in the last year, okay? And it's a joke. It's a meme because as if I say it all the time. I talk about Cutter Turkey Pipeline more than that because of what's going on in Ukraine. Don't know about the Cutter Turkey Pipeline. The negotiations with Syria, Gazprom, Burisma, it's a lot to understand. But what's fascinating to me is that the Krasenstein brothers, much like Whoopi Goldberg, come out and they say, here's what we want to happen. I'm like, my guy, you didn't even Google what's happening in Ukraine. I was literally there. I'm literally there in Kiev. More than once, more than once, mind uh, mind you, talking to locals I got to see this, the, this, the toppled statue of Lenin. Somebody apparently was trying to sell his head. And just having gone there a couple of times, talking to a couple dozen locals, returning, talking to more locals, and researching it, 
I am nowhere near an expert on Eastern European politics, Russia and Ukraine. But oh, gee, golly, I can say, wow, something done that up here. But then you come on my show and say we should be, you know, Biden is good and, and funding the Ukraine stuff. Look, on core principles, they agree with us on a lot of things. Like, obviously, we want people to have health care. We want jobs to be better. But this is another example of the default liberal not doing any research, not doing a simple Google search. Not like Google's great because they censor news all the time. But boy, if you just did that Google search and read up on the region, you might be like, hey, wait a minute. Maybe Russia didn't blow up their own pipeline. And then we get involved in war. And here I am going off on a rant about because Whoopi Goldberg said a stupid thing. Here I am complaining about foreign wars. All right. All right. All right. Look, I don't have all the answers. I never do. But this stuff just frustrates me to no end. And I'm sitting here today. It's a slow news day. There's a handful of topics to talk about. And I'm just kind of like, I'm not going to do, you know, I see this story and I'm like, yeah, 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 Whoopi Goldberg. And then I started thinking about it. I started looking through tweets and I'm like, maybe we can talk about this one. And then I started getting angry that I'm just like, do these people just not understand? Do they not read? I saw the tweet from the Krasenstein's and I'm like, this is it. This is our problem. People like this who think they know everything and want to assert a policy unto you without doing the research. And this is my problem. People jokingly have said, Tim Pool, the milk toast fence sitter. And then, of course, anybody like, you know, when I talk to people legitimately on principle, they're like, well, you're not really. We know where your, your, your positions are. People get mad because they want me to say one thing definitively, definitively or whatever. And that's the point. If I don't know, I don't do it. I'm, uh, uh, I'll tell you this. Started playing Hold'em recently. I've always played poker, you know, my whole life, but never really cared much for it. But uh, I mentioned the casino, so I'm like, yeah, I'll play. And I learned a very important lesson. If you don't know what's going on, fold. Don't risk. You don't know. Just I'm out. I'm, I'm not getting involved. Right. And this is what I'm saying. So much of what happens in politics and policy. Should we disband the police? Should we defund the police? I'm looking at all the variables and I'm like, boy, I just don't know. So I'm not going to assert something. I'm not going to tell you I know how you should live your life. I don't know. The problem is so many people who are so damn sure they know exactly. And, and homeboy doesn't even Google search what's happening in Ukraine before he puts the Ukrainian flag in his profile, flies it in front of his house, and then begs Joe Biden to send another $100 billion overseas. My guy, maybe you should look into what's going on before you decide to give away other people's money. If only that's how poker worked. And it's like, I'm going to bet for you. Wait, wait, hold on. Well, you can't bet for me. I'm going to bet for you. I have no idea what your cards are, but I'm going to bet for you. I'm like, dude, it's holding aces. No, no, no. Could you imagine playing a game where other people at the table were betting your money like out? No, no, no. We don't want to play that. A lot of poker analogies this past week. Had a lot of fun losing money at the casino. Whoopi Goldberg, Whoopi Goldberg. Do we need to see white people also get beat before anybody will do anything? I'm not suggesting that. So don't write us and tell me what a racist I am. I'm just asking, is that what people have to see in order to wake up and realize this affects us all? Gee, whoopee, a simple Google search. Here's Matt Baker. What up, Matt? He says this racism must end. The reality is these pigs need to remember they are not God. If you are not in mortal danger, chill the F out. I can't play the video. These videos are brutal AF. This dude's got his hands up. As he goes to the ground, they just hit him and start kicking him and yelling, where's the gun? I get it. You know, homeboys maybe got a gun. I get it. But like his hands are up. You don't need to start kicking him. That didn't make sense. 
And then we have this video posted by Jack Posobiec. He says, this is a video of police enforcing white supremacy. I'm sure CNN will play it on nonstop loop. A white man on the ground and a dog runs in and starts attacking him. And it's just like, Whoopi lives in a box where she's got people. This is, this is, this is the left, okay? This is what the left is. I saw a meme. Somebody said, if you are a leftist and you deviate from leftist economic policy, they will not shun you. They will not ostracize you. But if you deviate from woke politics, they will. That defines what the left is. Fair point. Absolutely. That's a good way to put it. Whoopi Goldberg lives in a box where she's not smart enough, inquisitive enough, or at least willing to look into the stuff she talks about. She then goes on her show and says, don't call me a racist. I'm just saying, do we need to see it? I've seen it. I saw it just now. I watched those videos. There's tons of videos. I watch them all the time. It sucks. That's why I'm like, we need police reform. But you get people like Whoopi Goldberg who are being fed videos that push a narrative so she can live in her little Borg box. Ah, yeah, Star Trek reference. And then nothing gets better because they keep voting for the people that are manipulating, lying, and cheating. And then you get people like the Krasensteins who've not thought to just do a Google search, bro. And they end up saying Fox News is bad. You have to wonder how much it is truly grifting and for those that aren't official, uh, familiar with the literal definition, like, you know, a street hustler, a con man, the idea of a gri- grifting is that someone will say anything to appease a crowd and generate revenue or get money or get followers. Grifting. Are the Krasensteins just grifting or do they really believe what they believe? They're just lacking that prowess, the ability to understand the world, the perspicacity. Oh, we use that word. Honestly, I think a lot of it is simply that. You have a world where there are stoic, pragmatic, or just inquisitive individuals who want to make sure we look before we leap. And then you have people who lack the ability to look who think they did, leaping for you. Therein lies the big problem. That's what frustrates me. And it's why I tend to lean a bit more libertarian on a lot of policy issues, despite me thinking some social policies probably will work if you could get an honest implementation of them. The problem being, I don't know if you can, and thus I'd probably center libertarian of some sort, whatever you want to call that, center left a little bit. I'm kind of like, hey, man, I've benefited benefited from uh, uh, social programs. I think they work. You know what the reality is? It ain't about capitalism or socialism, in my opinion. It's about honest culture. If you have, let's put it this way, let's, let's go back in time. A small town of 3,000 people, they are all God-fearing Christians of traditional moral values. I don't care about their races. That doesn't mean anything. You've got a nice church-going uh, black family, nice church-going white family, Latino family, Asian family. They share, a, they share culture and cultural values. They go to church together. None of them cares about race, They're all there standing before God or synagogue or mosque, whatever temple they go to. They share a culture and cultural values. Maybe you don't agree with some of those cultural values. It's not the point. The point is this group of people in this small town implement a social program where they say, if you lose your job, we'll help cover your bills until you find a new one. Well, sure enough, someone loses their job and he says, well, gee, gosh, darn it. I'm going to keep working and find a new job as soon as I can. But thank y'all for making sure I don't starve to death. And they say, oh, we got you. We'll see you at church. When you have a shared community and everyone has similar values and they have scruples, 
you don't need to worry about the exploitation. The problem is right now, we have a dejected, fractured society, a culture that doesn't share values, multiculturalism. You know, they try to pitch this idea that multiculturalism is like everybody holding hands under the rainbow. No, that only happens when people share moral values. If you have one group that says they they think being gay is a sin and one group that says they don't, there's going to be a conflict between these two groups. Thus, if you, like a society we have now, implement a system that is fairly libertarian and has social programs, I shouldn't say libertarian, it's fairly authoritarian over the past few years. But if you implement these social programs, people will exploit it because they don't care about you. They don't know you. They've never talked to you and they will take from you whatever they can. And that's, that's a sad indictment of humanity. But the reality is cohesive culture is what makes everything work. So I'm not sure it's left or right or whatever. That's meaningless to me. What matters is, does Whoopi Goldberg have strong moral fiber? I think the answer is she does. Really, I do. I think if you went to someone like Whoopi Goldberg and said, do you want to see someone hurt? She'd say, no, of course not. The problem is she's also on the back end of the bell curve. Low information voters. And the snakes, primarily Democrats and majority of the Republicans, like almost all of them, they are the snakes manipulating the stupid for power. And those of us who try to learn and understand and fix these problems are desperately begging people like Whoopi Goldberg to stop. I don't think you're racist. I mean, she's probably racist. A lot of people are racist in a variety of reasons. And I think she's more on the woke side of things. She's very racist. But her, in her mind, white people never get beaten by cops. In her mind, it's just only black people who get beaten by cops. And that's just absolutely incorrect. So she says, do we need to see it? Well, it's on you. Pull up the video and play it on your show. Why don't you? Because she sits beside snakes who slither in her ears and tell her, and she says, you're right. It's remarkable to me that I could tell someone, hey, I was reading the New York Times the other day, and they said this. And they go, I don't believe that. You know, I don't. Well, you know what? Fair point in not believing the New York Times. But how about this? Because I should definitely say fair point in that regard. No, I read this story. It was in the New York Times. It was on the National Review. It was on Breitbart. It's a really big story, basically covered by the left and the right in the very same way. It's kind of crazy to think that, you know, the Epstein thing. How about that one? And then people still go, no, 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 no. Epstein, you know, that story, he was trying to cover it. You know, he was trying to, you know, he took his own life or whatever. And it's just like, bro, literally no one believes that. But there are people who do. Okay, I shouldn't say literally. I'm figuratively. Most people are like, I don't trust that story. But there are people tweeting like, no, come on, come now. It's just too conspiratorial to believe. And it's like, come on, man. Even everyone on the left and the right are talking about how this story does not add up. The guards were sleeping. They get fired. The cameras broke. Come on. And then you get people like Whoopi Goldberg, who they play their little flute as they march all of these people into the sea. And the funny thing is, the person who gave Whoopi Goldberg the flute is who we should be talking about. It's these Democrat politicians. I suppose I could say this. You know what? I've criticized Jack Dorsey. I said that he's plugged a toilet, in, a toilet he made into his own mouth and he's swallowing his own refuse. Jack Dorsey makes Twitter, puts people on Twitter, generates an algorithm. The algorithm starts creating a cultural uh, a culture of wokeness and garbage, which then gets funneled right back down his own mouth. And then he just eats it all up. And sure enough, this guy who used to be all about the free speech wing of the free speech party is now overseeing a company that's banning everybody and working with the government to do so. 
he was swallowing his own refuse. It is possible that there is no head of the snake. You see the snake body slithering and you're like, we must find the head of this beast. But there isn't one. It's just one big circular monster. And you're wondering how it's consuming anything. Maybe it actually is just a million headed monster. There is no central nucleus. And it functions because they all lie to each other. Whoopi Goldberg says this on The View. A Democrat politician hears it, says that's a good question. Tells it to his constituents who then all believe it. They think they're smart. But heavens, they could not just pick up a book. Look up some math numbers. I'm wrong a lot. I don't have all the answers. I can only just tell you that when I hear a thing, I decide to check into it and maybe see if it's true or not true. Sometimes I get the answer wrong. But these people don't even do that. Whoopi Goldberg, without a thought, just comes out and says, why not X? Dude, why not you go Google thing? Why not? And the Krasensteins, too. It's remarkable that you get people who want to opine on foreign policy. Now, to be fair, they said domestic pol- foreign policy is not really their thing. Domestic policy is. And I'm like, right. But you understand that uh, Joe Biden is a crooked individual with his foreign policy, stealing money and blowing up kids along with Barack Obama, deporter in chief. And you're saying like, this is one that always bothered me. Well, I'm really concerned about my health care. And I'm like, hey, yeah, how about that? Well, the United States is blowing up kids overseas. OK, so if you don't get health care because you vote for these people, then so be it. You get what you deserve. Me? I'm like, hey, America first, right? I agree with you. Healthcare for the American people. How about we do it? By we don't fund multi-billion dollar wars. Everybody's ragging on Hassan Piker. You know, I'm going to do a segment about this because he said he, he was somewhat critical of the circumstance of uh, 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 Mr. Beast giving all of these people cataract surgery and curing their eyes. And he said, it's so stupid that it's like a 10 minute procedure and we've locked people out from this. And you know what's funny? Everybody's ragging on him. They're like, oh, sour grapes, you're rich. Why don't you? Hassan's right. I agree with the guy. I like that Mr. Beast did this thing. And we'll talk about it. I'll do it like a 6 p.m. segment. But we spent $100 billion on Ukraine. We couldn't take a million of that, a million of the $100 billion and just go give some people cataract surgery. Now, if you want to come to me and say, don't spend money on either, I'll say, fine. If, you're, if your position is we shouldn't be doing universal health care or these programs, fine, 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 fine. But if I'm watching the U.S. government blowing up countries and we could be using that money to cure blindness, sorry, I choose the curing of blindness. So I'm, I'm stoked Mr. Beast did it. That's awesome. I'm just pissed off that our government prefers to engage in war in Ukraine. We should not be involved in that. Spending our money against the wishes of the American people. You want to make an argument about the petrodollar and maintaining it so we give money away and we compete with for energy and all that? Fine. How about this? The $100 billion can be spent, can circulate petrodollar, and we cure diseases. We make people's lives better in the United States. It's your money. Get it when you need it. Apparently, the J.G. Wentworth slogan is not good enough for the American government. Anyway, angry rant over. I'll talk about the sound thing later, um, but uh, I'll wrap it up there. I got I like Whoopi Goldberg, man, because she was Guinan. I'm, I'm, you know, I don't know. Don't, don't get look. Star Trek Next Generation is something you should have your kids watching. Teach them some philosophical lessons. And uh, there are some other good shows. Stargate is a great show. SG-1, some people, people got me uh, watching that one. That's a really fantastic show. Whoopi Goldberg is just ignorant. 
and I would like her to not be. I don't hate her. I think she's coming from a, a place where she's trying to do good, and I can respect that. But trying to do good while not understanding, simply put, is throwing a wrench into the spokes. Take your time. I'll do a poker analogy. Start off slow. Take your time to learn the players and see how they're playing. I am, I'm not going to pretend to be good at poker. Good enough, to be honest. Maybe just against other raw players. But uh, take your time to sharpen your blade before going and cutting the trees down. If you want to come out and assert, we're going to go cut down a bunch of trees, make sure you read about what's going on in that forest, what the trees are made of. You learn as much as you can because then you might find out, hey, wait a minute, These, this, this is a bad place to, to chop down trees. We're not going to be able to move the logs out. The hills are, are you know, uh, treacherous. There's potential for mudslides. Let's go somewhere else, right? Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcast. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. I'm seeing people rag on Hassan Piker because he expressed some disdain over the circumstance around Mr. Beast and curing blindness and all that stuff. So I'll give you the quick, the quick gist, and then I want to show you what Hassan had to say because I, I, I somewhat agree with Hassan on this one, and I think it's something we definitely sh- should be talking about. CNN reports YouTube star Mr. Beast helps 1,000 blind people see again by sponsoring cataract surgeries. Dude, that's awesome. I'm, I'm a big Mr. Beast fan. I have my criticisms of him. What I don't like is he's done these things where he really treats this money so trivially, tri- trivially in such a way that it's somewhat condescending to people who don't have access to this. Not a big fan of that, but he does a bunch of really good things. So it's like, I, I don't like the stuff where it's like, oh, you want $10,000 to like get your daughter's, you know, tr- surgery. Well, then you got to stand on one foot and, and hoot like a chimp, huh? you know, he didn't literally do that. But there are things like that. I just, I find so much of it just bleh, when it's like, you got to s- sit in the store and not move and then you can get money. And I'm just kind of like, eh, this whole idea is poor people. So it's, 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 it's like, dude, the dude did a, um. Squid Games parody, but like very much of what he does is like in a similar space. But, but that's my criticism. I think Mr. Beast does a lot of awesome stuff. I think the idea of tipping people tons of money and making content off it is awesome. So I'm like, Mr. Beast, not positive, not positive. I'm not trying to rag on the guy. I'm just saying like, he's not perfect. Check this out. And then we'll read a little bit more about the cataract surgery stuff. Actually, I, I should read this so you can understand the context before showing you what Hassan Piker said. YouTube star Mr. Beast is making the world clearer for a thousand people. The content creator's latest stunt is paying for cataract removal for 1,000 people who are blind or near blind but could not afford the surgery. We're curing 1,000 people's blindness, said Mr. Beast. The video features touching before and after footage of patients seeing with clear vision after finishing the surgery. I think it's got like 50 million views. It's ridiculous. It's huge. In the days and weeks after my own cataract surgery, I was stunned by how bright and beautiful and vivid the world was. He said, this is uh, Levinson. What were we talking about? Donald... Jeff Levinson, an ophthalmologist and surgeon, worked with Donaldson to perform the first round of surgeries in Jacksonville, Florida. Levinson has coordinated the Gift of Sight program for 20 years, which provides free cataract surgery for uninsured patients who are legally blind due to cataracts. Levinson got a call from a member of Donaldson's team. Oh, that's, that's Mr. Beast, by the way. His name is Jimmy Donaldson. In September, I had never heard of Mr. Beast, so I almost hung up, but I gratefully did not hang up. They started by calling homeless shelters and free clinics to create a list of patients in the Jacksonville area who needed cataract surgery but could not afford it. Eventually, they had a group of 40 patients and Levinson performed all of their surgeries in a single day starting at 7 a.m. and ending at 6 p.m. That's amazing. 
All right. Let's pull up this year. Hassan Piker. You watch this video, you go, oh, how, how cute and how nice. I watch the video and I'm filled with rage. That, What's like, wrong with you? That we shut off access to a 10-minute procedure because we paywalled it and decided that like some people just simply can't get it. It is so insanely frustrating That's that it like it, it's up to like one YouTube guy to like decide to make content out of it that like the people who are too poor can't just fucking see. That's insane. Anyway, sorry. It's just like a deeply, deeply frustrating concept. You He's right. He's not ragging on Mr. Beast. Dextero says Twitch streamer Hassan explained why he's filled with rage from watching Mr. Beast's newest video where he cures a thousand people's blindness. He's right. Why is it up to one YouTube guy to make content off of this, which will generate money to, to, to do that? I just it's mind blowing to me. And a lot of people are ragging on Hassan like they're like, oh, he should be mad about this. Mr. Beast did a good thing. He's not ragging on Mr. Beast. He's saying, why is it up to him? Why? Why? Now, I don't completely agree with Hassan's politics on this one. You know, he says we've cut off access to that. I don't view it that way, but I view it like this. I'm watching so much of our money as American citizens be thrown all over the world for gender studies programs, for bombs in the Middle East. And I'm saying to myself, what can we do with a hundred billion dollars that we wasted in Ukraine? Now, I know. I can hear the, my, my I, look, I got Ukrainian friends and they, they, they don't like to hear me say stuff like that because they're like, we need you. We need, we don't want to, we don't want to die. We don't lose our country. And I say, my guys, we're not you. I'm sorry. We're supposed to have your back. That I get. There's a treaty. If they give up their nukes, we come to their defense. NATO. And I'm just frustrated that the U.S. is involving itself in so much of this overseas, over, over these, so, so many of these overseas quagmires. And this one could even wipe out the planet. If Russia says it's a border country, we will not back down. We've known that they wanted a land bridge for 10 years. The Hunter Biden laptop reveals that they knew about it for a long time. This is a long time coming. Gee, golly, everything seemed to stop in this conflict the moment that... Uh, Donald Trump got elected. But here's what I see. I don't I don't think we're cutting off people necessarily. Like if we started from baseline, if we were just we're not involved in this war, we're not spending money and you get some frugal government that's like, guys, the budget is tight. We're not going to spend money on cataract surgeries if people can't afford it. I'm sorry. We just don't do that. We can't afford it. I'd be like, well, you know, who am I to tell my fellow countrymen to give their hard earned dollars you know, through the process of inflation or whatever, however the U.S. is doing it with the Federal Reserve, but just to give their buying power and their value to strangers, not to me. You give your money as you see fit. I'm not the, I, 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 I don't, you know, I'm not 100% on board with taxation as theft, but I'm, you know, pretty much not a fan of where we've gone as a country and how extreme everything is in terms of the amount of money they take from people and what they do with it. And it's mainly because they're blown up kids. I look at it this way. Okay, you got the pipes in Flint. They're busted up, lead, Legionnaire's disease, dirty water. You got the pipes in a bunch of different towns that are like that. Newark was bad. And then you come to me and say, you know, look, here's my pitch as the U.S. government. We can fix pipes, get these kids clean drinking water, make America great again, 
fix our streets, secure our borders, bring back jobs, reinvest in a New Deal type program. This is why before they announced the Green New Deal, when they were talking about the idea, I was like, you mean to tell me we can work towards energy independence and invest in jobs in this country? I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm down for this. Let's see it. And then, of course, it was this woke nonsense about free college for people of color and other stuff. And I'm like, that's not, get, get out of here. But Hassan's angry. It was 10 minutes to fix this, the, the eyes of these people with cataract surgery. And instead of spending, how much did he spend on this? He didn't spend a thousand people. It was probably a million bucks. Might have been 10 million bucks. $100 billion on foreign wars in countries we, we have no business being involved in. That pisses me off. So when Hassan gets mad and he's like, we've cut these people off from this, I'm like, look, I don't know what Hassan's position is on funding war in Ukraine. I'm not a fan of Russia. I think Vladimir Putin's the bad guy. I have friends who fled the country and got their families out. I don't like to hear that. I don't like what Russia's doing. I think the answer to this is we don't do business with you. We say, no, no, thank you. The problem is we got ourselves involved in this war. Europe is dependent upon their energy. And so we're in a bind. I get it. It's complicated. But what if we took $10 billion and just paid for people's cataract surgery? That's right. That's what makes me angry. And that's why I'm like, why are you yelling at Hassan? This government is wasting your money. You've got Hunter and Joe Biden doing energy deals, sending natural gas from Louisiana to China. Why aren't we investing in our people? Why, why, why aren't we dealing with our border crisis? Why aren't we dealing with, with jobs in the economy? Why are we spending so much on other countries? And I'll shout out in the, in the old omnibus, uh, omnibus bills from the previous Congress, $12 million for gender studies. Take the $12 million and cure some people's blindness. I would prefer to see that money from gender studies or whatever else in foreign aid be given to homeless and desperate Americans who need cataract surgery. I don't know if Hassan agrees with me. I, I, maybe he's pro-war in Ukraine or whatever. Like, but I'm just saying, on the surface, when he comes out and says, it fills me with rage, that it's up to some YouTube guy to make content to do this. And I'm like, uh-huh. Preach, brother. Why do we have to hope that some guy on YouTube is going to be the one to help these people? Why is it that we can count on the U.S. government giving multi-billion dollar contracts to big pharma, but they won't spend a pittance on just helping people see? I'm not saying universal health care is a solution. I don't know that it is. Maybe some universal basic coverage, I think, can. When there's a treatment like this, it takes 10 minutes to cure someone's blindness. Yeah, maybe we should have universal basic coverage. But if you have a complicated illness that requires lifelong treatment and that's really expensive on the system, maybe we can't afford it. Maybe that's where, where private supplemental comes in. I don't have all the answers. All I know is as long as you're coming out and dumping $100 billion on war, I'm going to come back and say, you give that to me and I'm going to go cure a bunch of blind people's eyes. I'm going to build bridges. I'm going to build roads. I'm going to create jobs in construction. But we don't do that. And it makes me angry, man. So, uh, yeah, I'm not going to rag on Hassan. People are ragging on him. No, get out of here. I'm, 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 I am filled with rage. I'm grateful to Mr. Beast. This was awesome. It's a really cool thing to do. I've talked about it for a while. Here's the marketing strategy. Go to a big company, and uh, uh, Mr. Beast should do this and say, give me your marketing budget. Mr. Beast, legit pitch. I hope he does this. 
Go to any big Fortune 500 and say, what's your marketing budget this month? And when they're like 50 million, say, okay, you give me that $50 million, I will give you 100 fold return on what you'd normally get. And then you know what you do? You build a bunch of sustainable housing in low income neighborhoods. You then buy these properties and create sustainable situations. Now, hold on. I know you can't just put homeless people in houses. I'm saying pay off some people's medical debt. Give people life changing surgery. Save a child who needs a heart. If we if we turned marketing into a do good competition, I've, I've long talked about how I, how I would love that. Imagine, you know, you got Coca-Cola and they're like, in order to market effectively, we decided to follow in Mr. Beast's footsteps and use our $50 million marketing budget this month. I don't know if it's 50 million, but I imagine it's something massive like that to do as much good as possible. So we hired cleanup crews to go into Chicago's South Side and start cleaning up trash, pay, filling potholes. Remember, I, I think it was KFC that did that. Imagine if then Pepsi had to come out and be like, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. You think you're going to upstay just we're going to take our marketing budget, throw 10 million on top, and then we're going to go repair, a, a, you know, broke uh, these, these broken pipes in these houses and fix the water. Imagine if Pepsi was like, oh, yeah, we're going to fix the pipes in Newark. The amount of attention would be, that would be generated from this would be massive. Instead, they buy billboards with a smiling person drinking a soda. I would love to see a do-good competition. I'm just maybe a little idealistic, but I'll leave it there. Shout out, Hassan. You, I think you were right to be angry on this one. And I gave you my thoughts. You don't have to agree with all my politics, but I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up in a few minutes. Stick around, and I'll see you all shortly. I used to suggest in the beginning of my 4 p.m. segments that if all of you share this video, we will be bigger than CNN overnight. And I'd say share this video. The funny thing is, at the time, you know, I was getting on my uh, YouTube.com slash Timcast channel like 300 to 400,000 views. It was crazy back in 2020. And CNN was also getting massive views. That's the reality. Uh, the news is in. CNN hits nine-year low in ratings as Americans reject fake news. It's also just it's not just fake news. It's also just ridiculously boring. Talking about Donald Trump all the time and other stupid nonsense. But uh, it's apocalyptically bad, my friends. Let me tell you this. CNN has seen better days. The former cable news powerhouse has seen ratings drop at a rate not seen in nearly a decade. And despite being under new management, it's still struggling to attract viewers. It's not going to recover. We know it's not because CNN actually gets a ton of views on YouTube. They don't do the live show like we do. So I wouldn't compare the two. The two. But viewership patterns are changing, especially for a channel like, like CNN. Current Nielsen ratings reveal that CNN brought in just 444,000 average primetime viewers between January 16 and January 2022. Just 93,000 of those were in the 25 to 54 news demographic. This is the first time since May 2014 the network has not surpassed, not passed 450,000 viewer threshold, reports the rap. I would like to tell you a thing, my friends. I don't know if y'all were sharing the videos. Maybe you were. Many of you probably were. Many of you weren't. But at this point, someone pointed out to me, they were like, Tim, being bigger than CNN is not that hard right now. You, you know, I'm like, oh, yeah, that, that's, a, that's actually a good point. We're, we are bigger. Timcast IRL averages way more than 93,000 viewers in the primetime slot. Granted, there's a mix of things. 
Uh, but the live show in the key demo is bigger than CNN. I just want you to, to understand that. I remember back during Occupy Wall Street, I'm walking around and I'd see these billboards and it's like CNN. I'd be in the airports traveling when I worked for Vice and I'd see CNN, CNN. And it's like, man, it's just everywhere. Ubiquitous. I wonder how many of those people that were in the ratings were watching it because they were a captured audience. You're in a hotel lobby. You have to watch it. They claim that TV means you're watching it. Yeah, perhaps. I don't know if they actually counted those numbers. But I remember thinking like, man, they're just so, so, so famous. They're ubiquitous. So many views. Not anymore. Timcast IRL is now bigger than CNN on average in prime time. So it is slightly different because we do a two hour long show. But in that first hour, we get over a hundred or some odd thousand viewers in the key demo. So for that hour that we are on, we're, we're crushing CNN. And you know what? It may be because we are on that we are, but you'll love to see it. CNN is a garbage network that just pushes garbage. Check this out. In the same period, Fox News drew in 1.5 million viewers with 176,000 being in the 25 to 54 demo. So let me, let me, let me make sure I have this right. They said uh, they, they averaged primetime viewers. What, is that, what does that mean? So at, at any one moment, is that how many that? I don't think that's the case. I think it's for the hour slot. When you look at, um, it's um, ad week, I think. It'll say at 7 p.m., this is how many people they had. And uh, we're bigger. Now, we're not as big as Fox News. Sometimes we do better. We do. Sometimes it just depends on who we have on the show. So obviously with Steven Crowder, we, we're the, this is, this is funny. When Steven Crowder came on the show, I think it's fair to say that we were the biggest primetime, it's crazy to say, the biggest primetime show in the key demo with half a million key demographic viewers in, uh, I think it was, I think it was like 350,000 in the first hour, 500K spanning two hours. So I don't know how you break that math down, but for the one hour slot from eight to nine, I'm pretty sure we were the biggest in the key demo. Now Fox News is still bigger because they got all the older people, but key demo, that's the money demo. That's where, that's where the money's at. Look at this. MSNBC brought in 69,000 in the key demo. Holy crap. <laughs> I, would, uh, I would appreciate it if all of you would pop open whatever bubbly you got. Maybe you got a $15 bottle from the grocery store, but crack it open, pour yourself a drink. Talk about good news. Fake news. MSNBC. They're getting half of what we get. That's incredible. That's what you get for pushing nonstop Trump orange man bad. There's old comedy sketch. I love it. Where it was, uh, it was called like, stop making me defend Trump. And I'm like, that nails it. For regular people, it's like, dude, I get it. You don't like the guy, but stop making me defend him. You all have been in a similar situation where someone will be like, did you watch Rachel Maddow last night? She said that Donald Trump works for the Soviet Union. And then you'd be like, uh, my guy, the Soviet Union dissolved in what, like, was it like 91 or something? Like, they don't exist. And then they're like, why are you defending Trump? I'm, I'm not defending Trump. I'm telling you, the Soviet Union dissolved. Like, it doesn't, it's not a real thing. It's gone. And they're like, you must be a Trump supporter. Okay, not literally that, but I've had that happen to me. People would be like, do you hear Donald Trump was like praising a bunch of Nazis or something? And then I'm like, well, no, he said they should be condemned totally. I think he was talking about the people protesting the statue. And they were like, why are you defending Trump? Are you a Trump supporter? I'm like, no, you are wrong. Care about Trump? So don't come out here and bloviate. I watched the news and they said Donald Trump. Get out of here, man. I'm sick of the nonsense. You can like Trump. You can hate Trump. I don't care. Just don't make garbage up. CNN, now known for being a corporate mouthpiece that is willing to spread DNC propaganda, 
like the Russiagate hoax, has recently gone through a purge and remodeling that saw Don Lemon demoted. Starchy broadcaster Brian Stelter fired. Oof, that's got a sting, eh, Brian, with all the garbage fake news that you spread while sitting up on your higher spending like, I'm fighting fake news. I'm fighting fake news. And then he's just spreading it like, like crazy. Don't watch other channels. Only watch us. Propagandist liar. Anyway, and, uh, and Chris Cuomo. Yeah, that was funny. Chris Cuomo faked being in uh, quarantine. Lemon, along with his morning show host, uh, co-host Poppy Harlow and Caitlin Collins are growing frustrated with the network. Oh, too bad. The show can't decide strategically what exactly it is. So it's trying to be everything that can create a whiplash for a viewer when segments seem off-brand and tonality, said one insider. The audience for morning news on, on, on network TV is different from cable news audience. And since we're not gaining new viewers, we definitely need to retain our legacy ones. You know what we're going to do here at uh, Timcast? We talked about it recently. We are going to do a show like The View. I was ragging on Whoopi Goldberg a bit earlier. Didn't mention this, but the idea is a morning live show. Because I was talking about wanting to do a morning live show. And we trialed it. I don't like doing it. I just, I just don't like doing it. I'm thinking 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. And we get uh, four uh, moderate moms to talk about news and issues they care about. We'll have a producer to fact check and uh, uh, handle camera switching. And they can, you know, if something is sad that we can look it up, we will have a live chat. So if something is incorrect, y'all can correct it. So if we end up with someone saying like what Whoopi Goldberg did, where she was like, do we got to see, you know, white people be beaten? Then the chat's going to say, this happens. Here's a video. And the producer will chime in and say, guys, actually, that does happen. We got a video, uh, someone linked to us right here. It's actually fairly brutal. We're not going to show it, but you were wrong about that. And they'll go, wow, okay. But uh, I've had a lot of um, moms say to me, I don't want to say just young moms because it's moms of varying ages from like late 20s to, you know, mid 40s, talk about how there's no moderate political show for moms to watch and relate to. It's like you get the nightly dude talk, you know, dude talk podcast where it's like a guy being like, I go elk hunting, politics. And then you have the view where it's like, we're women and we have no idea what's going on, but let us, you know, opine on it. And so they're like, can't we get like better informed women who want to talk about these issues? And I was like, sounds like a great idea. Let's do it. I'm, I'm down. As like a morning show for, for, for moms, you got to do it. Be like what the view is supposed to be, but more, uh, more well-informed, I suppose. I think it's a great idea. I think, I think maybe, not, maybe not 10 a.m. Um, it might make sense to do uh, earlier than that. I'm not entirely sure. Like 11, 11 to noon might actually be the better time slot. And that's perfect, actually. Because then it doesn't interfere with any of the other content we're doing. And it's a good time, like mid-morning, you're up, you're awake, you're eating. But I'm going to talk, we've got a lot of people that are interested and we're waiting for the new studio to get built. So I think it's definitely something we're going to go for. I'm really excited. You know, obviously we have Pop Culture Crisis, which is Pop Culture Talk, and that's from 3 to 5 p.m. So it's an afternoon show where you can talk about celebrity stuff. I think we're going to start ramping up uh, marketing for them uh, very, very soon. And I think that's... uh, I think that is, is, is it's a really good bet. Pop culture, celebrity news, video games, and, and culture and stuff. A little bit of drama mixed in sometimes. And then I think a morning show, probably not too dissimilar from Tim Castile, to be honest, but I think it would be more relatable to uh, women and, and moms to talk about issues they care about, whereas we typically have like a dude fest. We got Hannah Claire uh, Bremelo. She's uh, on the show periodically now, coming, coming back in with, uh, with Luke Bowen out, and then Libby Emmons often. But I'm thinking, you know, make something just, uh, I, th- I think it's a good idea. I think it's a good bet. Meanwhile, we'll just continue to watch CNN struggle and fail. 
And I'm glad. The old guard, time to go. Maybe there will come a day when Tim Cass is old guard and everyone's on their virtual talk show, live, whatever, studio audience. And they're like, we don't watch YouTube. That's for old people. And we'll be 70 being like, I'm on YouTube and this is what you got to do. And, you know, maybe times change, huh? For the time being, we're going to keep doing what we can. So uh, thanks for sharing our videos. Thanks for being a member at TimCast.com for those that are. And uh, stick around. I got another segment coming up in a few minutes and we'll see you all then. Trump says pink haired communists teaching kids is a major problem and will save American education. Well, Donald Trump is correct. Pink haired communists teaching kids is a major problem. And I don't know if he actually can save education. I think homeschooling may be the solution. I think pod learning may be the solution. And I think Thomas Massey has it right when he pushes forward that bill that says the Department of Education will cease on uh, this date. But maybe this is, uh, you know, the reason Trump's talking about this is aside from being a, a, a correct thing to say, it's a strong political position to, ta- position to take right now. If you take a look at Virginia and how Glenn Youngkin actually ends up uh, uh, getting elected, it's because parents were upset about what was happening in schools. And we've had more than a, a, a dozen, more than a plethora of books brought to us where they're teaching crackpot psycho- psychotic garbage in these schools. Project Veritas recently had an expose where a guy was bragging about bringing in critical race theory and calling it something else, knowing what he was doing, that they're teaching critical race theory to kids. Then they lie to your face. Well, shout out to the orange man calling out the pink haired people. Orange man says, former President Donald Trump has revealed his plan to save American education. He suggested the pathway to success includes giving parents more rights regarding what their children learn, investigating discrimination, and ensuring material that indoctrinates students in Marxist ways of thinking do not make it into classrooms. Public schools have been taken over by the radical left maniacs, Trump began, suggesting that the Marxism being preached in our schools is also totally hostile to Judeo-Christian teachings and resembles an established new religion. My man, Donald Trump, has been listening to a lot of smart people. Somehow, some way, the ideas of James Lindsay and Peter Bogosian have reached the ears of Donald Trump. Quote, we will cut, uh, and Chris Rufo, we will cut federal funding for any school or program pushing critical race theory, gender ideology, or other inappropriate racial, sexual, or political content onto our children. He added that his administration would direct the DOJ and the Department of Education to investigate any school engaging in race-based discrimination, but not before gutting the ladder of the radicals, zealots, and Marxists who were given unchecked power by the Biden administration. I'm sorry, by, by President Biden. As the saying goes, personnel is policy. Interesting choice of words, Donald Trump. And at the end of the day, if we have pink-haired communists teaching our kids, we have a major problem. I'd question you, Mr. President, sir, as to why you had some of the people you you chose in your administration like Bolton. Apparently what he was saying is that when he went in negotiations and brought Bolton, these countries countries got really scared because Bolton's just sitting there like, can we blow him up yet? And they're like, no, 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 no. We don't want to go. to. Can I blow him up yet? And they're like, OK, stop, stop. We know this guy really wants to go to war. OK, fine. I get it. Some benefit. Anyway, he vowed to create a credentialing body that would work to certify teachers who embrace patriotic values, support our way of life and understand that their job is not to indoctrinate children. Full stop. Yes, it is. No, no, listen. We are teaching children our values. When kids are in schools, this is what's happened now is there is a cultural bifurcation. You have the woke and you have the 
constitutional republic. You have the multicultural democracy, anti-democratic, or I should say actually democratic mob, mob rule. And then you have American republicanism. And that doesn't mean the Republican Party. We want children to understand the values that led this country to succeed. Have y'all watched the show 1883? I've been watching it because everybody said it was really good. And I'm like, I'm kind of frustrated with how everyone just dies all the time. And they're like, but that's how it really was. And I'm like, no, no, I get it. Cholera, dysentery, you know, you stub your toe, you die, you take a bullet. But like, literally when the marshal walks in to the, or the sheriff walks in and starts shooting people, I'm like, come on, man. You get corpses everywhere. Like, chill out. But anyway, the point is, I'm thinking about that show. And I'm thinking about the main character who's very much like, don't touch my daughter, shotgun, kills bandits, things like that. And I'm like, that guy is a modern conservative. And then I look at the bandits and I'm like, those people are the modern liberals. I I know it's a bit harsh, but I do mean it. You have people who may act like good people, but they don't care to gut the system and steal from it. They don't care. They say, I should get money from the government, which comes out of your pocket. Yeah, that's the bandito. Then you have the guy who's like, I'm going to take care of my family, take care of my farm, leave me alone. And he's the good guy. How did this country come to be great? It was those people who said, don't touch my daughter. It was those people who said, I, you know, were willing to, to protect their family and just wanted to be left alone, who succeeded as pioneers and built this great nation. And then there were the looters. There were the bandits rough riders who were trying to steal and take and drag it all down because they were too lazy to do it themselves. So I think about stuff like this today, and I'm like, when you have people who say your tax dollars, I know modern monetary theory, but the general idea is that the government manufactures currency to spend, and then it devalues your savings. So when people are willing to take from you your buying power without your consent, yet those are the bandits in a different form. And the people who want to be left alone, you're being robbed because they've got a lifeline. They've got a vacuum right in your bank account sucking out your buying power because they're devaluing your currency. So I don't know. I don't know what I'd say to that. I guess some people buy gold as a hedge, but I don't know how much that works. Anyway, my point is you do want to indoctrinate kids. Not the way they do. You don't want to indoctrinate them in religion. You don't want to you want to indoctrinate them into philosophy, critical thinking and understanding. I suppose, to be fair, it's not really indoctrination. And so I shouldn't say that. But you get my point. Trump suggested that a key aspect of fixing the American education system is returning power to parents, as outlined in a number of ways he would implement that ideal. He called for the abolition of tenure for K through 12 teachers, a drastic reduction in the divisive and unnecessary diversity, equity and inclusion bureaucracy, which is uh, Dei, which means God. How about that? It's all about the parents for their children more than anyone else. Parents know that their chi- what their children need. If any principal is not getting the job done, the parents should be able to vote to fire them and select someone who will. This will be the ultimate form of local control. Reaction to Trump's message was largely positive. James Lindsay says Trump correctly says woke brainwashing in schools resembles an established new religion and says 1A investigation is needed. Can't let that happen. Also, that we can't have pink-haired communists teaching. Nobody knows more about how woke cult is a religion than me. It is one, it is one believe me, big league. James, I think it's bigly. Bigly. It's a, it's a cult, bigly. We all know it. 
Anti-woke crusader and atheist, James Lindsay praised the former president for his ability to call a spade a spade and deemed wokeness a new religion. Nobody knows more about how woke is a cult than me, he said. Yeah, we read that one. I'm not an atheist, and I really don't understand why people often say that I am. It's the weirdest thing. Is it because, like, I'm a beanie-wearing, like, urban dude who skateboards? You're like, Tim Pool's a liberal atheist. I'm not. No, I believe in God. I I think it's kind of crazy that uh, you could look at the universe and everything that happens and just assume that um, it's all random chance. I don't think so. I really don't. You know, what's funny, too, is uh, I'll, I'll, I'll trail off on this one. Trump makes a good point about the pink haired communist. But I'll say this. I've said it before, and I really want to bring it up. I got two minutes to do so. Yo, people believe in magic. And I don't mean like wizards and witches. People believe that there is something beyond us that can influence things in ways we don't quite understand. And I think that's a fair point. You know, like ants, they're building an anthill. We can come and influence everything about their environment, and they don't understand it either. They just don't. All they know is there's now a mound of dirt here. How'd that happen? No idea. Just it's there. And uh, speaking in 1883, they're on the horse hunting and the little boy's five. He says, you know, why do I got to be quiet? He goes, because the deer can hear you. And then he's and then the kid says, but the deer can hear the horse. And he goes, deer's not scared of the horse. Horses don't hunt deer. And then he's like, but we, we're on the horse and we hunt deer. And he's like, horses don't know that we're what we're doing. Are the deers don't know what we're doing? He's like, the deers can see us. And he's like, the deer can see us riding the horse, but they don't understand it. That's kind of the point. I'm not saying it's, it's a magic in the sense that there's something beyond. Well, I'll put it this way. Things we don't understand influence our reality. That's what I feel. I do believe there's a God, but I think like the deer seeing a person riding a horse, they just can't comprehend it. And then all of a sudden, bang, like a bolt of lightning and they're dead. Stuff like that probably happens to humans. We may assume Someone was stricken by a heart attack and it just happened. For all we know, there is something beyond our perception that something else controls. And they pointed and went, and then all of a sudden your heart goes, and then you go down. Like death note. I'm just saying, if you believe you are the epitome of universal perspicacity, you're wrong. There is definitely something greater than you. Because we look down at every species of life. And we say that we are the ultimate because we can think and we can do things no one else can. And it's like, yes, but the math of that dictates we're not on top and something must exist beyond us. I think that's fairly simple. So, yeah. Anyway, they're a cult. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up tonight at 8 p.m. over at YouTube.com slash Thanks for hanging out and we'll see you all then.